If you're here tonight and you have a situation that seems impossible, just know that there is a God that is able to perform a miracle in your life. I mean, if you believe that, you lift up your hands and just worship him. Lord Jesus, in spite of our situation, in spite of the circumstances, Lord, we know, God, that you're able. You're able to meet every need that is here tonight, Lord. Oh, we worship and praise you. We worship you, God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. It's good to be in the house of God tonight. I mean, I'll jump right into my scripture or text tonight. Before I do that, just want to give double honor to my pastor, to my bishop. I love both of you, and we are lifting you guys up in, in prayer. Amen. I love the church. I love God. If you have your Bibles, if you would turn with me to the book of Ruth, chapter number 1, and I will read verses 7 through 18. I'll read this quickly so you can be seated. Wherefore, she went forth out of the place where she was, and her two daughters-in-law with her. And they went on the way to return unto the land of Judah. And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go. Return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you, as ye have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant you that ye may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voice and wept. And they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters, why will ye go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband also tonight and should also bear sons, would ye tarry for them till they grow, they were grown? Would ye stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much more for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. And they lifted up their voice and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to turn from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. Put your Bibles down, and if you would pray. Let's all pray together and ask God to help us tonight. Father, we need you tonight, Lord. I pray that you would speak to our hearts. I pray, Lord, that you would anoint me, Lord, to deliver this burden upon my heart. 
Let there be a great response, Lord, to your word tonight, Jesus, and do a work in this house, Father God. Do a work, Lord, in your people, in the name that is above every name, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I will be mindful of the time tonight. <clears throat> I'm do my best to deliver what God has given to me, and if I mess this up, don't worry. You'll get an, a, a great message Sunday morning, I promise. Amen. So we, we read about the life, or we read about a conversation that is taking place between Ruth and her mother-in-law, Naomi. And the backstory to this, if those of you that have never read the, the story of Ruth, um, Naomi and her husband Elimelech had left Bethlehem, Judah, and traveled into Moab during a time of famine. They packed up their bags and they moved to Moab. Now, I don't know why they would do this, but nevertheless, they did. And Naomi finds herself there. And during her time there, her husband dies. Her two sons marry two Moabite women. And the scripture says that, that, that this time span was about 10 years. Enough time for Naomi to have an influence upon Ruth. Church, saints of God, know this, that your testimony, the life that you live in front of your coworkers and family, don't ever discount the testimony that you have and the life that you live. People are watching us. They're looking at us. They see the way that we act and how we respond, amen, to life's situations. Amen. I just Let me just share a, a quick testimony with the church here. Um, a couple, couple weeks ago, I sat in my annual evaluation at work, and, and my boss, who I directly report to, he was there uh, with the vice president and... Um, my partner, a regional director. And at the end of my evaluation, my boss began to ask me what my challenges would be if I were to promote to the next level. And I said, you know, I said, I, that's, you're asking me a tough question because sometimes you, you just don't know how you would respond until you get there, right? You, you, just, you just don't know. And so that was my response. I said, you know, I... I guess I'd have to be in that position to, to really know what, what my challenge would be. And he, he said, well, he goes, let me help you. He said, you know, one of my challenges was when I promoted and I went to Springfield, Missouri and got in front of the executive team and I had to present, he said, I, I you know, I was talking and presenting and I began to use vocabulary that, that I wasn't used to using. I was trying to use these big words. And, and so he said, you know, after, you know, my presentation the, the divisional vice president pulled him aside and said, hey, Sergio, what, what are you doing, man? You don't, you don't talk like that. I've never heard you even use a word like that before. And so he said, you know, Nate, he goes, but you, you're kind of on the opposite side. He said, you know, you're, you're a little intimidating when you come around people and, you know, um, you know you're, you're, a, you're a churchgoer and, and you can, you know, you, I, I think that there may be some times that, that you, you know, you may, you may cause people around you to feel 
a little lower. And I was like, I was kind of taken back by that, you know. And so the, the, the divisional vice president, he chimed in. He's like, you know, man, he's like, I, I, I wish I could be more like you. You don't drink. You don't cuss. You know, you, 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 you care about your family. And so, you know, I, I, I looked at my boss and I said, you know, I said, I, I guess I have to, I don't know how to take this. I'm going to take this as a compliment. <laughs> I said, because, listen, I know what it's like to get high. I know what it's like to get drunk. I know what it's like to party. But my life has been changed and transformed. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a new individual. I'm a new person in Christ. And here's one thing that I won't do. I won't compromise my conviction. I'm not going to cuss. I'm not going to drink just to get down to somebody's level just so they can feel like I'm connecting with them. So live your life. Amen. Be a light, amen, to this dark world because you never know who you're going to impact. People are watching. People are watching. And so Naomi, Naomi has this, this uh, conversation with her daughter-in-laws as she's, after losing her husband and her two sons, and she's, she's heard that now in Bethlehem, Judah, that there's revival happening. There's plenty food in the land. As I began to study this out, I learned that there were two harvests in Bethlehem, Judah. This was a farming community. So they didn't harvest just one time a year. They harvest two times a year. And so as she begins to maybe have a yard sale, begin to pack her bags, and her daughter-in-laws are going right along with her. And as she begins to journey, she begins to have this conversation. Now, mind you, she's already packed up. She's got the, she's got the car loaded up. And she is on her way back to Bethlehem. And she begins to talk to her daughter-in-laws. And she begins to tell them, you know what? You ought to go back home. Go back to your gods. Go back to your family. Go back to the old lifestyle that you, that you knew. Go back to your old friends. Go back. Just go back to what you knew. She began to have this conversation. They, 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 both of them are like, no, no, Naomi, we're, we're, we're going with you. We're with you, Naomi. And she begins to convince one to turn back. And one of her daughter-in-laws turns back and, and, and she goes home. And Naomi says, your, your, your sister-in-law, she's turned back. Why, why don't you go, Ruth? And this is a very, very popular, famous passage. And she says, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee. Or to return from following after thee. Now, I read this in the King James Version. Some of you may have a different translation. How many of you ever read this in the NR translation? 
Nobody? <laughs> well, let me give it to you tonight because that's the Nate Ruiz translation. Let, let, me, let, me, let me give this to you in the common vernacular. Let me just tell you what I, how I envision this conversation going. So they're, 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 in the, they're already on the road back to Bethlehem, Judah. And this conversation is taking place, and, and she's telling her, why don't you go back? Go back, Ruth. And, and, and Ruth begins to respond to her mother-in-law, and I could hear it going something like this. And Mom, you know I love you, and I respect you. I've been in the family 10 years now. We've had a lot of holidays together. I've cooked with you. I've washed dishes with you. I was, don't forget, I was married to your son and put up with your son. And in those 10 years, in those 10 years, you testified to me how good your God was. You told me how God delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt. You testified to me about the miracles that God performed. And now all of a sudden you're trying to tell me to go back to my God and to go back to my people? Mom, let me just, let me, let me rephrase it this way. Mara, I don't know if you could put the title up there, but the title of this message tonight is Silencing the Voice of Mara. This wasn't Naomi speaking. This was Mara speaking. This was bitterness speaking. Some commentaries say that, that, that this was, she was speaking out of compassion, that she wanted, you know, she was caring for her sister-in-laws. My interpretation is, I'm from a different school of thought. I, I believe that she was speaking from a place of bitterness. Go back. Go back home. Because think about this. Who, who in the right mind, knowing that you're getting ready to go back to a harvest, getting ready to, knowing that you're going back to your people, going back to the house of God, why would you send somebody back to the world, back to their God? This was, this was Mara speaking. And Ruth silences the voice of Mara when she begins to talk to Naomi. So I could hear it going like this. Mara, excuse me, I love you, but shut your mouth for one minute so that I can, let me talk to Naomi. Naomi. Where you go, I'm going to go. Where the largest, I will lodge. Thy people will be my people, and thy God, my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me more also, if aught be death, but death part from me. Amen. Is there anybody in the house of God tonight that is that committed? That is that determined. That it doesn't matter what rises up in your life. Doesn't matter what trial or tribulation 
amen, or what loss or what gain, you are committed, amen, to living for God, amen, through the good times and the bad times, through sickness, amen, or in pain or in good health, amen, your mind is made up. Nothing's going to shake me. Nothing's going to detour me. Nothing's going to turn me back. Amen. There's no voice that's going to influence me. Amen. Every time Mara shows up and begins to speak to you. Amen. You need to speak to Mara and silence the voice of Mara and say, you know what? I am determined. My mind is made up. I'm not going anywhere. Amen. God has been too good to me. God has been too good to me. Amen. I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying here in the house of God. Amen. It doesn't matter how bright the lights are out there. It doesn't matter how many people tell me how good it is out there. I'm staying in the house of God. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Is there, is there a Ruth in the house of God tonight that can stand and testify what your life was like before you came out of Moab? Come on, I know there's a sister Ruth in the house tonight. Do you remember what life was like? Could you imagine somebody telling you to go back to that old lifestyle? No, no, hallelujah, praise God, praise God, praise God, amen, we must be careful of the voices that we listen to, we must be careful of the influences in our life, amen, in the apostle Paul's letter to the Corinthian church, teaching them on the doctrine of tongues, he says in 1 Corinthians 14 and 10, there are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. Be careful of the voices that you listen to. If there are influences in your life, I don't care where they're coming from. I don't care if they're coming from even inside, hey man, this sanctuary. If it's an influence, that is pointing you in the opposite direction of Christ. You better silence that voice. Oh, come on. Silence the voice. Amen. That would discourage you and that would mislead you. Amen. What voices are you listening to today? Are you still hearing the voices of past failures? Are you listening to the social influences of this world that are selling you lies? Amen. You better, you better talk back to that. Too many times we just, we allow it to be a one-sided conversation. You know, it's okay to talk back to the devil. It's okay to talk back to the devil. Jesus did it. Didn't Jesus do that when he entered into the wilderness? 40 days and 40 nights. Satan came to tempt him. And how did he respond? How did he silence? How did he silence that old devil? Through the word of God. 
Hey, man, he gave him some word. Hey, man, you better give the devil some word when he shows up. Give the devil some word. Get in the word of God. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. Give the devil some word, church. Eat that, devil. Is there going to be some times where influencers are going to show up? I remember, I remember those voices like if it was yesterday when I first came to the house of God. I remember them telling me, you ain't going to make it. You're just scared. You're scared because of what happened. You got, you got a little scared with that dope. You got a little scared when you almost got killed in the drive-by. Had some family members say, you ain't going to make it. You know what? Those voices are silent today. Those voices are silent. Hey, come on. Come on. Many of you today, you're in the house of God. There were some voices that said you weren't going to make it. There were some voices that said you were, two weeks you were going to check out. But today, a year, two years, three years, four years, 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, you're in the house of God. Hey, man, you're showing up every time the church doors are open. You show up to prayer meeting. Hey, man, you're showing up Sunday morning, Sunday night. You're showing up to outreach. Hey, man, you are silencing the voices. They said you couldn't make it. Mm. Ruth gets to Bethlehem. Judah, she's a poor widow. She's a foreigner in a strange land. But through her faithfulness to God and, lo and loyalty to Naomi, God begins to bless her. She finds herself, and this is no coincidence, but when you read the scripture, Naomi didn't tell her what field to glean in. Naomi didn't say, hey, go to Boaz's field. I don't find that there. But somehow she ends up in the field of Boaz. God has a way of leading hungry people to the house of God. Mm. God has a way. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Amen. God has a way of searching out those that are hungry and thirsty for God. Amen. Those that are broken. Those, amen, that, 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 have, that have been, their worlds have been turned upside down. Ruth was in this situation. She was poor. She was a widow, a foreigner. Well, she ends up in the field of Boaz. And God begins to unfold her story. Hallelujah. I mean, I don't have time tonight to go into all the details of this story, but Boaz, Boaz was a, he was a close relative. And through some crafty work, he was able to talk out the nearest kinsman, the nearest relative, 
to redeeming some property that belonged to Ruth's father-in-law. And Boaz redeems the land, takes Ruth as his wife, marries her, and guess what? All you young Marys, they had a baby. Ruth, chapter 4, verse 13 through 22. I want you to follow me as I read this. So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. And when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception. And she bare a son, and the woman said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. And he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life and a nourisher of thine old age. For thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons hath borne him. And Naomi took the child and laid it in her bosom and became nurse unto it. And the woman, her neighbors, gave it a name, saying, There is a son born to Naomi, and they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse the father of David. Now these are the generations of Pharaoh's, and Pharaoh's begat Hezron, and Hezron begat Ram, and Ram begat Amidadab, and Amidadab begat Nashon, and Nashon begat Salmon, and Salmon begat Boaz, and Boaz begat Obed, and Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David. Hey, Ruth is now in the lineage of Jesus Christ. And she would not have been recorded in Scripture if she would have listened to the voice of Mara. Can I tell somebody tonight, don't you dare listen to the voice of Mara. Don't listen to the voice of bitterness. God has a purpose for your life. Amen. God is calling you. Amen. God wants to make something out of you. He wants to rise you up, raise you up. Amen. And make you a great vessel in the house of God. Do you believe that tonight? Imagine if Ruth would have listened to her. Some of you have a calling of God on your life. And if you're not careful and you listen to the wrong voice, you could miss out on what God is calling you to do and what he's calling you to become. One decision, one wrong decision could remove you out of the will of God. Trust me, I believe in repentance and I know that God has the ability to restore, but you listen to me. One wrong decision could alter your life. Listen to the voice of God. Listen to godly influences. Listen to the man of God. Listen to the voice of God. Read your word and let God direct your path.
Musicians, if you'll come. Singers. Oh, thank God that he called us out of darkness, church. He called us out of darkness. Amen. Into his marvelous light. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body, on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. For ye were as sheep gone astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. Thank God that we've been redeemed. Thank God that we've been redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. Jesus silenced the voices. He silenced death, Pastor. We can stand in the house of God. We can stand in the presence of God. Washed in the precious blood of Jesus. Filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Know that we have a purpose. Knowing that God has called us to something greater. Mark chapter 10, we read about blind Bartimaeus. Jesus was coming out of Jericho with his disciples. The Bible says that there was a great multitude there. And as Jesus was passing by, blind Bartimaeus heard that it was Jesus, and he began to lift up his voice and call, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And the voices around him Try to silence him. Bartimaeus, how did you silence those voices? If he could stand here and testify today, he would tell you, I just got a little louder. You need to let your praise and your worship exceed the voices of discouragement, the voices that want to hinder you, and the voices that want to keep you silent. Bartimaeus, he just began to say it the louder. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And when he began to raise his voice, he caught the attention of Jesus. If you want to get Jesus' attention tonight as we all stand, you're going to have to silence the voices. The voices that want to keep you silent. The voices of failures. And negative influences. 
that would like to silence your praise and your voice. Will you tonight silence those voices by lifting up your voice and calling on Jesus? We could just raise our hands and begin to do that right now. Let's call on Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I want to open up this altar tonight. If there are voices in your life that you need a silence, amen, would you, with your actions, move from where you are. Amen to this altar and begin to lift up your voice and call upon the name of Jesus.
Why don't we fill this sanctuary with worship and praise for a few moments here? Come on, lift up your voice.